a lot of the announcements, but first, we just welcome each and every one of you that's visiting with us. We're honored that you're here, and I want to remind everybody that tonight at 6 p.m. is our night of worship outdoors, so we're looking forward to that. Encourage you to come, bring a lawn chair, bring a blanket, but we're going to have a great time of in-depth worship and the Word. Uh, For the longest time since Matt became our worship minister, I've been trying to get him to work me in to the worship team. But he simply won't do it. So sometimes you just got to take action. So today is Matthew's birthday, so could you all stand with me and let's sing happy birthday to our beloved Matthew. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Matthew. Happy birthday to you. Now you tell him he needs me. Greet everybody around you, and then we'll begin our time of the message. God is good. Amen? Amen. He's so good to us in so many ways. Today we start in part two of our sermon series, Four Ways to Proclaim Jesus with Your Life. I was given this book, the Bible, last week. The lady who owned it granddaughter goes to this church, or I should say great-granddaughter. This Bible was 1854. It is 14 pounds. And I thought, you know, when I carry my Bible, it just don't seem to have the force of this Bible. I mean, this one, you could picture the creatures of old six or eight foot up in the air and in the pulpit area that stuck out and then they would open it up and uh, just uh, the Holy Bible. The name of the owner of this Bible was Mary. She immigrated from Sweden and read through it five times. I don't have to know anything about Mary to know that if she read through it five times, she valued the Word of God. Now, I'm going to do my best to hold this through the sermon to make my point. Thirteen years ago, coming to Kentwood Christian Church from Atlanta, Georgia, God gave to me the little saying that we end the service with, Stay close to the Lord and stay in His Word. And we have been closing our services with stay close to the Lord and stay in the Word for 13 years. Today I want to open up the sermon with the thought for you, stay close to the Lord and stay in His Word. Which is the way of saying you stay close to the Lord by staying in His Word. A 
A person has about as much chance of staying close to the Lord without staying in His Word as a snowflake has a chance of surviving in the hellfires. It is impossible. Now, we don't worship the Bible. The Bible is not God, but it is God's Word. And we value the Word of God. Do you value the Word of God? Do you cling to it? Do you stand on it? Do you rest in it? You know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, as he was mentoring him or coaching him along in life, he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, right around verse 13, Timothy, give yourself to the public reading of Scripture and exhortion and teaching. The public reading of Scripture. He goes on to say, don't neglect that gift of doing that. That gift of, was given to you by the laying on of the elders' hands to give forth the Word of God in your life. Exhortion. Exhortion is calling people to come near. Teaching. Sharing the truth. We can do that through proclamation. We can do that by lifestyle. But the only way that it can be effective is if we in, are in harmony with a love for the Lord as His Spirit lives in us and we love His Word. Stay close to the Lord and stay in His Word is an exhortion, a calling us close to the Word of God. I have seen it again and again in my life. People start off with the Lord and then they drift away. They drift away. Because they get entangled in the world. And they're not clinging to the Word of God. I believe all of the Holy Bible. From Genesis to Revelation. I believe it. I believe it's inspired of God. And it has many purposes for our lives. I believe that. It's God speaking to us. It's not a politician. It's just not an individual out there that people might look to who's creative. These are the words of God. And unfortunately, for too many, this is just a book on a shelf, laid on a coffee table, something that we write Marriages and funerals and deaths in. But it's not something that we cling to. 
Last week, in Philippians chapter 1, the text that we'll look at right here, remember what Paul was saying to Timothy? Proclaim Christ. Proclaim Christ. Proclaim Christ. There's a lot of people doing it for a lot of different reasons. Some bad motives, some great motives. Ultimately, all I care is that Jesus Christ is proclaimed. And then in chapter 2, as we look at this second part of our series, we see Paul write this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You have salvation. Salvation has been given to you through the blood of Christ. It's a free gift. But your part in the process is you work for it because you know how expensive and costly it was to God. It's not that you work for it so you can keep it. You don't earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Because it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. God has given you the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit encourages, challenges pricks your heart. The Holy Spirit is a spirit, just like God is a spirit. And they're real, and they're active, and they're alive in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is working in each one of us. But we're always reminded, don't grieve the Spirit. Stay close to the Lord and stay in His Word is to say, make room for God's Word in your heart, as Jesus would tell us. Paul goes on to the next verse to say this, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped, and crooked generation. That you may become children of God in a warped and crooked generation. It is the Word of God that tells us that the world we live in is crooked, curved, warped. That the world that we live in is wicked and ugly and sinful. Now, there's many beautiful things about nature, God's creation. But Paul writing to people that confess the name, believed, been baptized, says this is what you are up against. You are up against an ugly world in terms of negatives of the works of Satan. And so he describes it as warped and crooked. He goes on here, and if you live your life not grumbling and not complaining, but clinging to God's Word, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. 
literally like lights in the sky. There is something about holding to the Word of God that allows us to shine. Because the Word of God that is given to the world through the Son of Jesus Christ who became flesh has made His truth known. And it is transformative. How can I know that it's wrong to grumble unless the Word of God says it's wrong to grumble? How can you know that it's wrong to complain unless the Word of God tells you it's wrong to complain? You can't know those things, any of those things. And better yet, once you know, does the Spirit that lives in you, in accordance with your sensitivity, change and transform your life in those areas? There is a beautiful thing that Paul is sharing, a gift from God, and that is in this crooked and warped world, you, with God's Word and God's presence, can shine, can be a light, can illuminate. And then he goes on to say, back up just a second longer as you hold firmly to the word of life. Now this word hold firmly has two or three meanings and they're all good. Most translations hold fast. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go to what God has told me is good and right. I will cling to it. I will hold fast to it. And by nature of holding fast, there's going to be something different about me, you, the church. We will be lights. We will be lights for God. We will shine. And in that shining, we will expose darkness. And darkness will be exposed in people's lives. And people will be challenged or convicted or they will retaliate. But... When the light shines from one who holds fast, holds firmly to the Word of God, and it is a part of their life, their daily life, God transforms and does a beautiful thing. That's why a Christian is to be different than the rest of the world. That's why... No one should have to tell you. Read your Bible. Now listen, you can read your Bible and you can memorize and quote the verses all day long and still not shine. You can read, read, read for years and still feel like I'm getting nothing out of it. It's sort of barren. Because you cannot read it like a Pharisee. 
You've got to be praying prayer of Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, where he's saying, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Enlighten me to your truth. Because coming to God's word is God enabling us. But we are pursuing, Lord, open the eyes of my heart to truth. Your scripture. Holding firmly means exactly what this is. But it also means to gaze upon. Just to gaze upon the Word of God. I meditate on Your Word day and night, Lord. That's what David says. That's what it means to hold firmly. To put it inside you. So it it means to cling to it. It means to gaze upon it, meditate. And it also means to position yourself in it. The same word that's used for this hold firmly or hold fast to the word of life. We see in John chapter 6 where Jesus is teaching many of his disciples. And he says, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, or you have no part in the kingdom of God. And they are weirded out by that. They think there's something to do with maybe cannibalism. This is a hard teaching. I don't want any part of that. And Jesus is simply saying, in his unique way to get their attention, you have to take my life into yourself. And then many disciples desert Jesus. Remember that? John 6. And Jesus then says to the disciples, are you going to leave me too? And Peter says, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Where could we go? In other words, we're not going anywhere. We're positioned In your word. How about you? Are you positioned in God's word? Or are you drifting? Because when we drift, our light doesn't shine. I pray that you are holding firm, holding fast, gazing upon and positioned in the Word of God and that the Scripture, the voice of God doesn't just sit on a shelf someplace. I thank you, Linda Swanson, for passing this on to me. I appreciate it, the history of it. A woman, a great-grandmother, read it five times. I don't know her, but I know a lot about her, like I said, and I value it. Fourteen pounds. You use this, it's authoritative. Like you can hear the hinges. You tell me, which is more authoritative, a little Bible or something like this? Now, they're all the same, but this here, this here. Church. The second way that you proclaim Jesus with your life 
really doesn't even have to be a word. It's a lifestyle. It's holding firmly to this, the Word of God. And when you do that, you shine. You're different. You're not the same. You expose darkness. You walk a straight and narrow path, not a crooked one, not a warped one, not a depraved one. And you do it all by the Spirit of God who lives in you and humbles you to say, there's nowhere else to go. You have the words of life. We know people all around us that could care less about the Scriptures. And yet, Paul would say to Timothy, and I state it again, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture. That's what Matthew did this morning. That's what we try to do each week. Devote yourself to exhortion, calling people to come and near and listen and teach. And then he goes on and says, persist in it and immerse yourself in it. You don't have to be a preacher, a pastor, or an evangelist to immerse yourself in this and persist in it. That's something that we all do. One may just have the gift or the calling that God is using them for the purpose of bringing it to our attention. But we all stand equal at the foot of the cross. Now be honest to to yourselves When was the last time that you were really in the Word for yourself? Just, Lord, what do you have for me today? I want to know you better. I want to be more pleasing to you. But there's another meaning besides holding firm or fast or gazing upon or positioning oneself in. And some translations use it. It says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold forth the word of life. Just hold it forth. I'd hold it longer, but I can't. But what an imagery loving God's Word and then holding it forth. That's the picture that Paul wants us to have of how our lives can be used to proclaim Jesus Christ. No, we're all different. Some of us are shy. Some of us are... We, we, we keep things to ourselves that's fine. God uses that just as well as the person who likes to talk. Whether you're shy, whether you are just willing to share your feelings with everyone, as long as you are clinging to this, the Word of God, You will shine, and God can use you. God can use you.
Joseph, just give me a quick hand up in the air. Can you do that? Not you, you're Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joseph has become a dear friend. A dear friend. Okay. A few weeks ago, I get a call and he says, Patrick, I mean, I've got some stuff going on and some people reaching out and asking me questions and needing help and this is what I'm saying and what do you think and did I say it right and all those things and it's like I'm sitting there eating a cheeseburger with him in a little restaurant in Caledonia and it's like, God, you're using Joseph to reach people that I couldn't reach. And he has taken his stand. And you are developing him and maturing him to hold your word in his life and to hold it forth. And people are reaching out to him. The first one that he got a text from. That's why I was meeting with him. And while he's sitting in the parking lot waiting for me to come in, he gets a second one from another individual the same type of stuff. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm unhappy. I don't feel like going on. I'm miserable. And he let me read his responses. And it was gentle. And it was his way of saying, in my life and the places I've been and the things that I've done, it is God who has rescued me and given me purpose for my life. God will shine through each and every one of us if we hold fast and hold forth the word of life because he will transform our lives in a way to be effective for his kingdom. So in the next slide, we hold firmly to the word of God for the sake of faith. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The scriptures build faith. John says these things are written that you might have faith, you might believe in the Son of God. And that by believing you might have eternal life. We hold fast to the word of God for the sake of faith, number one. Number two. We hold firmly to the word of God for the sake of holiness. Jesus says, sanctify them in your truth, Lord. Your word is truth. It is the word of God. And humbling ourselves before it and our obedience to it in the name of Christ that we are set apart or sanctified. 
We don't drift away. We don't neglect it. We know that it is what sets us apart and sanctifies our life through the power of God. There it is. Number three, hold firmly to the word for the sake of your freedom. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Paul says if you don't know the truth, you'll find yourself shackled and in prison of religion. Hold firmly to the word of truth for the sake of your freedom, your spiritual freedom. Don't let anybody imprison you in religion. But you have to know the truth of the word and apply yourself to it and love it. Where's your Bibles? Now, I know we've got them on our phone. I use do all the time, too. So I'm not like, you know. Where's your Bible when it's at home? Is it by your chair? Is it the first thing you go to in the morning before opening whatever app you might have on your phone? Is your Bible what you go to? Why does a person pick, and I'm not judging because I am preaching to myself too. What's the first thing you open? Facebook app, Instagram app, sports app, this app, that app, YouTube this, Twitter that, or God's word? Every day, which one? There's something to be said about a heart that says, Lord, I can't begin a day without you first in my life. I can't begin a day without you in my life. Because when we do, and it goes on long enough, we drift and we get on crooked roads. We get into depraved thinking, worldly thinking. And the things of God that was once so important become so less important. That's exactly what the book of Revelation means when we're reminded, remember the height from which you have fallen. Remember the height. Remember that day where you were in that season of your life where the things of God meant more to you than anything else. Remember when you first were transformed by the power of the Spirit and you gave your life to the Lord and you loved His Word and you read and you found nourishment and you found fuel to go on. Do you think you can repent? Says John the Revelator. And do you think that you could return to that height, that mountain peak experience with God? The television shows will be there. The books of the world will be there. 
Stand on it. Hold to it. And hold it forth, your lifestyle. Next, hold firmly to the word for the sake of joy. Jesus says these things, my truths, I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you're clinging to this, you're a joyous person. And if you're not, you better go have a talk with the Lord because something's wrong. I'm not the doctor to give the answer to that, but I am saying if you're not a joyous person, then something is wrong. Because Jesus says His truths bring joy to our lives. I know there's personality, right? Give a person a solution and they'll always find a problem to the answer. I know there's those kinds of people. But you're His. Born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sins washed away. New life given. The old gone. The new. Saved. Redeemed. Set free. That brings joy. Next. Hold firmly to the word for the sake of spiritual nutrition. It's Jesus that says, For man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. People find themselves weak. Unable to cope. Falling apart. Struggling. It's because they've separated themselves by not falling away. I'm talking just drifting away. Just, I got it. I'll do it my way. Getting sidetracked. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Therefore, to get my nutrients, to get my fuel, I cling to the word of God. The word that will be carried out and will be fulfilled to every dot and iota. Next, he goes on to say this, Hold firmly to the word for the sake of spiritual discernment, for the word of God is living and active. It's alive. It's not just dead. There's a spiritual quality to the word of God. It's alive and it's active just like God because it's God-breathed. It's out of God. Sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Without God's Word resting in you, we can do a lot of bad things and go down roads that are not God-pleasing at all. We just don't have discernment. You see, the Word of God really is like a compass. 
It lets us know which direction we're going. It gives us discernment. This is wrong. I will not do this. I want to do it. But I will not do it because God's Word says, don't do it. The Word of God, we cling to it for the sake of spiritual discernment. Next, hold firmly to the Word of God for the sake of sake of spiritual direction. And here, can it be any clearer? All scriptures God breathed and is useful for what? The direction of teaching, the direction of rebuking, the direction of correcting, and the direction of training ourselves up into righteousness so that we can be equipped for everything God wants us to be equipped for. The Word of God gives us direction. It's like a compass. Without it, without it, you have the world that we have where everybody's, for the most part, on their own, doing their own thing. Crimes upon crimes, wickedness. But that's what the Word of God is for. Spiritual direction. Next, Hold firmly to the Word of God for the sake of salvation. 1 Timothy 4, Paul says to Timothy, Keep a close watch on yourself or your life and on the teaching or your doctrine. Watch your life, watch your doctrine. Keep a close watch on yourself. What am I doing? Why am I doing that? Is that a good thing to be? Watch your life. And the teaching, the teaching, his teaching. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Others will be touched, helped, even saved by the way God will work through your life and your proclamation, whether it is by word or by deed. Oh, church family, may we each today make a resolution in our hearts to God to cling and hold firmly to His word. So, we close with, stay close to the Lord and stay in his word. Would you stand as we pray? Father in heaven, help us to be people that proclaim Jesus Christ in our lives. We pray that you will make us shine a little brighter. That you will, Lord, enable us to love you in such a way that we truly treasure and value your word to us. Be with each person here, Lord. Let us recommit to holding forth your word in this world and let us reflect the light of Jesus Christ.
to those who are lost and need help. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And together we say amen. Let us sing together.